0: Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome into Inside the Pylon, the Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield here and joined again by RJ Ochoa from the RJ Ochoa Show as well as Inside the Star. We were talking with him yesterday. We had so much to talk about that we figured might as well get him back in for a second day here just to make sure that we could hit on all the topics that we wanted to Talking about the Dallas Cowboys. A lot to talk about. We talked about uh, some of the uh, the draftees that they recently picked up back at the end of April. And really want to continue talking about the, the direction for this team heading into the 2016 season. In particular, R.J., one thing that I want to dig into here. This is a team that saw a number of injuries last year. We touched on that a little bit yesterday yesterday. But in particular, you know, you had the injuries to Romo, you had the injury to Bryant, and you saw this Washington team kind of come out of nowhere. And, and, and I don't know if anyone really saw that coming. So my question is, and, and look, fingers crossed for good health, if this Cowboys team is healthy over the course of the year, where do you expect them to finish in a pretty competitive uh, NFC East? I think a pretty wide open NFC East. Well, you know,
1: for a long time, I genuinely feared the Eagles. Um, You know, and I I feared the the Eagle type players. Brian Westbrook still gives me a lot of nightmares. And so I I was afraid of of Shady. I was afraid of Deshaun Jackson. I was afraid of Jeremy Macklin. And so that team has just been decimated to a degree that they're just a lot of fun to laugh at. Um, So the Eagles aren't really a threat in in, uh, the Cowboys' eyes, in my opinion. I think the Redskins are are interesting, but I think they're tepid. I, I think that the the Redskins are are like the the number one at Chick fil A. You know, they're okay, but they're they're not something special that you you know you would get when you're feeling great about life. Um, I, I think that honestly, it comes down to the New York Giants. They have the most veteran quarterback in the the division. They have arguably the best wide receiver on the face of the planet. Uh, And, and, you know, if uh, their investment on the defensive side of the ball is what they want it to be, they're an interesting team and they always play the Cowboys well. It seems like we can never just have an easy win against the Giants. And, you know, with with us starting the season off against them this year, you know, for what feels like the millionth time in a row, I think that's going to set the tone for how the NFC East is going to shake out in 2016.
0: RJ, I got to ask you: As when the Ezekiel Elliott pick was announced, were you more excited as somebody that covers the Cowboys, or were you more excited because you were part of a team that actually nailed that pick in the mock war room series? Chuck, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you guys were the only ones that nailed the pick in the right slot. Only people that got the right pick. Yeah, I mean the Jags got Miles Jack, but that was in the second round. The Eagles got Wentz at eight, not at two. So you guys nailed it. Well.
1: You know, um, I, I've been very anti quarterback for the Cowboys, you know, in terms of the fourth overall selection, which, which made sense before Los Angeles and Philadelphia traded up to one and two respectively. And so to, to get that right, number one, that it was a non quarterback felt good on a personal level. Um, but, but to nail it, um, in terms of Jonah and Keith and I was awesome because, you know, I didn't even know that we were the only ones. Um, I, I enjoyed the whole war room series and I enjoyed the idea. It was a brilliant concept and, um, I think that if we learned anything, it's that the three of us can successfully run an NFL franchise. And I was actually with Keith uh, when the pick went down. And in the you know, residual sort of euphoria, after we kind of stopped you know flipping tables over and stuff, we were like, oh, man, we, we nailed this. We're, we're the man. Collect- you know, we're, we are the man. And so I think it's a 51-49 split with 51 leaning to inside the pylon.
0: Ooh, That's not bad. I'll take that's that not, any I'll day of the that. week any day of the week. RJ, I'm going to stick with Zeke here, uh, talking about uh, how he fits inside that Cowboys running scheme. Been well noted that it's able to take even average backs and make them look good. What do you think, uh, from a skill set perspective, matching up with the scheme, how's that going to fit together? It's. I don't know that we've ever seen anything like
1: it. I mean, think about if you paired, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. with cam newton i think that you can expect something similar i mean and, and i know that's a weird example but you're talking about what is undeniably the best offensive line in the league you've got a, a top echelon quarterback in tony romo you've got top five six seven wide receiver and des bryant i i've i've thought about this i tweeted out a couple of times can you come up with in any job in any avenue of life where if you're zeke elliott you're walking into a more you know, set up for success situation because I really can't think of, of any other job, not just in football, but where you're walking in where literally every factor is not just leaning your way, but is heavily leaning your way. And so I think that that Zeke is just—I I don't want to say he's the final piece here. I sort of feel like he's the this new project that that takes us, you know, to a new gear. Um, and, and you're right that the Cowboys have been able to make average running backs look spectacular in Darren McFadden. I think Demarco Murray is maybe a notch above spectacular er, or average, um, and so they they made him look, you know, exquisite. And so. I'm, I'm excited that the, that the Cowboys feel like, okay, we have these, these elite talents at, at A, B, and C. Now, let's just fill D through Z, you know Z being Zeke, with this elite talent. And we have a full elite alphabet of talent and weapons in, in our arsenal. And I mean, I don't know that we've ever seen anything like this. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. You know, a year ago, we were saying, what if Todd Gurley got behind this line? We got that. We got it in Zeke. Yeah. It's exciting
0: rj speaking of unique talents rico gathers the tight end well tight end is kind of in quotes from baylor does he get a shot to make this roster
1: i don't know if he's got a shot to make the the final roster i think he's going to be an interesting camp body the, you know the cowboys are an interesting team in you know obviously i know them very well but you can you can always follow the money, and you can always sort of figure out what they're going to do a, a year ahead of time in in terms of expiring contracts. And and you look at a guy like Gavin Escobar, who has his own you know special skill set, but is coming off of a torn ACL. Well, he's a free agent in a year, and and so his I think that that Rico's spot potentially on the fifty three man roster depends more on the health and the status of Gavin Escobar than it does on his own talents and his own merits. I think that you know Rico's obviously a physical specimen. I think he's you know in training in camp and in OTAs and whatever. He's going to look good cuz he's running out there against nobody. And so it's hard to really evaluate him, but if if Gavin Escobar isn't ready to roll, the Cowboys do have Jeff Swa- Swaim who they took in the 7th round last year, but other than that, they've got old man Jason Witten and they've got James Hannon who they just locked up long term. So Rico's got a shot if Gavin isn't healthy. And that's that's really what I think
0: it comes down to. You, you know, I'm glad that you actually mentioned Witten cuz I was just about to ask you about him cuz it seems like every year People, the, the questions come out, well, Witten's 32, now he's 33. This year he's going to be 34, and he'll probably get the same exact questions despite putting up 77 catches for 713 yards last year. It, this is a guy who, it seems like he just kind of at this point doesn't have the, the raw athleticism that he used to, but he's got the veteran savvy, You know, he's got that old man strength at this point, and he still finds a way to get it done.
1: Absolutely, I think that Witten is sort of the Tim Duncan of the NFL, and and I think that his his career is going to see a similar trajectory. In in that you look at Tim now, you know, maybe not most recently, um, as a resident of San Antonio, that's a bit of a sore subject for me. But um, hey, we're you know, Celtics fans, man. We got yeah. it worse than you do. Uh, yeah, well, that's okay. You guys, you win then. Um, but uh, I think that I don't. You know, a lot of people think that Whitten's just going to drop off of a cliff, and I don't think that's the case at all. I, I think that. The the Zeke pick sort of helps him. It sort of rejuvenates Witten's career because it, it helps everybody. And I think you're right that Witten's just gonna come out and he's gonna do his thing and and nobody's gonna notice. I actually believe that that as Cowboys fans and perhaps fan of, of the game itself that we just we take Jason Witten for granted because we're just like, oh God, you know, seventy-seven catches again. It, it's so it's so boring how consistently great he is. Um and, and so we just we assume it to be nature and, and, and you know uh the pattern and however it's gonna be and and we don't fully appreciate his greatness, which is a tragedy.
0: RJ, I'm going to end on this one. We got one last question for you. I want you to talk to me about Jerry Jones because I feel in my life, I've come full circle on Jerry. It used to be growing up, couldn't stand him because he was this hotshot owner, who thought he knew everything, this and that. And, and, and growing up, I couldn't stand him at all. And somewhere maybe five or six years ago, I don't know exactly what it was, but I, I started – kind of turning around on him a little bit and I'm at the point now where I sit there and I say look I don't necessarily like what I don't I don't love Jerry Jones but I love what he means to the game of football and I love how much he cares about the game of football talk to me from your perspective about you know what he means just to that Cowboys team even if he's not necessarily the best evaluator the best uh, manager of talent talk to me just about what he means to that franchise in that city
1: Well, Jerry is a very, very unique person. I don't think just in terms of the Cowboys or even just in terms of the NFL. I think in terms of sports. I I think he's made sports history across his whole life. Uh, You know, we talked about the market of Dallas. It is that because of Jerry and you, you can look back to to the days of of Tom Landry and Gil and they certainly um, you know molded that 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 foundation but but Jerry took it to a new level uh, what, what Jerry's done for the Cowboys in the game is unprecedented to be honest, and you're sort of starting to see that Bob Kraft sort of become the new age Jerry Jones, except he gets league wide respect or maybe not league wide but you know fan wide people assume that that Mr Kraft knows exactly what he's doing, and Jerry's just this guy throwing money at everything, and that actually is the thing that that the the sort of stereotype of jerry that i think is is so false people say oh well all he cares about is money i don't i don't think that that's all he cares about i mean he's obviously a a brilliant businessman i mean he he revolutionized the way that sports are um you know, sponsored and and revolutionized the way the the salary cap works in the NFL. And I actually believe that that his business acumen is translating into, you know, how the Cowboys are structured on the field. You look at, you know, we've talked so much about the run game for the Cowboys and how potent it is and how potent it's going to be with Zeke. I mean, look at look at it from a fiscal standpoint. What what they're paying their offensive line? The only guy who's on a big time contract right now is Tyron Smith. Everybody else is on a rookie deal. They've they yeah. they found a way to marry uh, evaluation of talent and and the understanding of the fiscal side of football into getting the most you know uh, the most out of their dollar, w- which is incredible, um, in unprecedented. He's in you know so much about the the run game in the NFL. has, has sort of wafted over us. We've really grown and really acclimated to the. Fantasy football era of of passing yards and big time numbers through the air. The Cowboys are bringing this this run heavy style of football back, and I actually think that a year from now we you know we could be seeing the ramifications of that. I I know you know you guys know a lot better than I do that the 2017 draft class is deep at running back. I think that if the success of Ezekiel Elliott is what we all think, and maybe personally I hope it is, that we're going to see teams start to invest the way that Jerry and, and Co have in. The running, uh, I don't, I don't want to say the running back position, but the run game in, in the offensive line, and start to try to, you know, copy that success like people have, you know, um, in other avenues of uh, his work. And so I think that Jerry Jones, you know, and that, that's just his contributions to the Cowboys. Jerry Jones almost single-handedly brought the NFL back to Los Angeles this year, and he's working on moving it to Las Vegas, like you guys talked about. He, he really and truly in my opinion, belongs in the Hall of Fame as not just a contributor to the Dallas Cowboys, but as a contributor to the National Football League, because it is not at the level of popularity
0: that it is in 2016 without him. Now, he's a man who has left a significant mark uh, on the game here. RJ, that's all we got for you today. What's the uh, if, if someone wants to check out your work, where do they go to uh, to take a look? Well, uh, you can check out InsideTheStar.com
1: where where I and uh, my fellow riders put out some stuff specifically uh, regarding the Cowboys, Um, and you can check out my podcast uh, at rjochoashow.com. You can find me on iTunes, uh, rjochoashow, or on Twitter, at rjochoa. Pretty
0: common denominator right there. Outstanding. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll let you get on with uh, the rest of your day. We'll try to catch up with you maybe sometime in uh, training camp. How's that sound? That sounds great, guys. I'll be out there. Um, oh, nice. We'll get you as a live correspondent. Go. Yeah, now we're yeah, talking. See.
1: It'll be fun. So um, I'd love to set that up. And, and again, I I can't express how much I love inside the pylon and what you guys do. Um, it's an education, I think, for, for everyone of every level of football. Um, and I, I enjoy every single article. I enjoy the daily podcast. I love the War Room series. You guys did not get enough props on that as far as I'm concerned. And I'm proud to know you guys.
0: Well, RJ, we uh, we certainly appreciate the kind words. It means a lot to us, uh, and we'll be checking in with you uh, checking in with you sometime this summer, all right? Sounds good, guys. Wish my Spurs some good luck. Will do. Thanks, uh, RJ. I'm, I'm pulling for them, man. You, yeah. Trust me. Love me a little, Spurs. That is RJ Ochoa again from the RJ Ochoa Show, as well as InsideTheStar.com. All the time we've got for the day, but we'll be back tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast.